What are you laughing about, you little you little laugher? You little scoundrel? Like, what is going on here? Oh, man. Gosh, who do we have on today? Your breath smells good right now. Oh, thanks, man. You think you're smelling your own breath. Oh, it is my own breath. (laughs) It's because I have a mint in. I was like, God, Philip smells so good. But it is me. It is me. I use that as well for my deodorant. You use my mint as your deodorant? You know, you just get a mint and you suck on it for a while, get it kind of soft, and then you rub it on. That's disgusting. (laughs) Okay, let's start over. What's the no? I think this is a great way to start. Um, it's all natural. It probably has more chemicals in it than deodorant. Yeah. What's the grossest thing you've had to put on your skin? Oh man, the grossest thing that I've had to put on it or taken off of it. I mean, depends on which answer is better. I mean, you know, the we. I feel like we talked about this on the podcast already, but when you have a cast. And it gets all stinky and you get like a chopstick or something and scratch it in there. And then that stuff comes off and you have to smell it because you're like, oh, oh, what is, why do you keep smelling it? We just lost like half the viewers, <laughs> half the listeners just now. But just comment if you've done that as well. If you've I've something. never had a cast. Oh, I've man. never broken a bone. Man. It's because I'm, uh. My body is superior to yours. See, later on in the podcast, we talk about how I'd already be dead if I was living hundreds of years ago. Because you have a horse allergy. Because I have a horse allergy. But also because I like I lived in the emergency room growing up. Not really. I just, I got hurt You're a lot. in the emergency room a lot? Yes, 24 times by the time I graduated. Well, that's so many. Well, it's because I was epileptic. It's so excessive. And... Yeah, epileptic really, and just I, like a wannabe. I broke. Uh, that's a thing. That's not a thing. I'm that kidding. no, there's there's people that have. It's like a fake epilepsy where they actually have like they convulse, but it's not real epilepsy. Psych, psychosis. It's like in their brain. That is so interesting. Man, we just yeah. we've only like two minutes in, and we're super deep about people <laughs> faking. Well, their body is just doing it. They don't. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like those people that uh, we're gonna go here. Never mind. <laughs> uh, today on the podcast, who we have? I don't really today know. we have. I came in today, and I have no idea who's we on the have podcast. Chris Shiflet of the Foo Fighters. Are you kidding and, me? No, seriously, dude. Get we ready. have Chris Shiflet on Chris the podcast Shiflet, today. Yeah, he's gonna be on here, and he's in what band? The Food Fighters. The Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Foos. So there's two questions that we didn't ask Chris today. Oh, I'll answer them. That I didn't that I didn't get to ask him. And that's because I didn't put him in my notes, but I just remembered. First question is who's a better band? Uh Jimmy Eat World or Foo Fighters? <laughs> so in your opinion, who's better? That's a hard one. They they give you different things. They give you different things. They, I feel like Jimmy Eat World and Foo Fighters give you the same thing, but different ways. Yeah. I I love Foo Fighters and I love Jimmy Eat World, so I'm not going to answer this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they provoke the same part of the heart and the brain, yeah. but but they get they get about it different ways. They get about it different ways. They done got about Said it. Said like someone who rides a horse. <laughs> they just get about it different ways. Is all. That's all you need. You know, everybody's trying to do the same things different ways. You're just trying to get on to anybody. Uh, so you play, here we so go. Also. <laughs> Uh, what is a foo? A foo. 
And why do we need to fight them? <laughs> why didn't you ask that question? Have you seen the meme? It's like, <laughs> it's, it, there's a meme and it's like of a, it's an illustration of a dam, like mm-hmm. a huge, huge, like 300, 500 foot tall dam. And it's holding back all this water. And then below the dam is this, this beautiful, quaint countryside town. Okay, this is good one. And then the dam, like over all the water, it just says, foo. <laughs> And then the town, it says civilization. And then on the dam, it says Foo Fighters. <laughs> and that was like one of my, that was one of my favorite Foo Fighters memes. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Um, that's good. But that's the only one that I remembered for the show. And I'm super disappointed I didn't get to talk to Chris about it. I found it. So here. what happened? Because most wars end. By either by mutual agreement or because of total annihilation. So when all the foo is fought, I mean, is there like, what are they going to do? It's going to retire. They're going to retire. Yeah. Is it, what was the other band we had on that had a had a conditional name? We had another band. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Taking back Sunday. Yeah, taking back Sunday. That's what it is. Like when yeah. they when it's finally taken back, like, do you just stop? <laughs> like when Sunday has been taken back, or do you take it back out? That's and what I would do. Take it back, and when all the foo's been fought. I'm just going to vote. I think they still go. I agree. I think they yeah. keep going. You know, they're still making killer albums. Just because all the foo has been fought doesn't mean we need to stop. Uh, what did you find? Uh, it's just, I just, I found a quote talking about how he, uh, had I considered this to be a career, I probably would have called it something else because it's a stupid fucking band name in the world. <laughs> it's the stupidest fucking band name in the world. <laughs> Uh, straight from Chris. Uh, That's great. Is that from Chris? No, no, no. I uh, I think it's from Dave. I'm not <laughs> not sure. Yeah, I think that's Dave. Oh, uh, is it Dave? That's so funny. Uh, there are a lot of bands out there that don't like their band name. Uh, we won't go into that. Um, but I think it's a good segue to go into our band names. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is the part of the show where we list out band names, band names that we've decided on um, that are then they're good. Uh, they're really good band names, and the bands, the bands that they represent, aren't necessarily that great, or they could be good. It just depends uh, on what we decide. These are all fake band names, and uh, if you use any of these band names, we'll sue you. Uh, but if you email us at dto walrusaudio.com uh, asking for permission to use it, uh, you can use it. Also, you've gotten that down. The first person, the first group that names a band after one of these band names on any episode and releases music on Spotify under that band name uh, gets a free guitar pedal. Uh, Literally any pedal. Doesn't matter. Um, And just one. So So it's the first person that does that, right? uh, Like, no, I'm saying with each name. Let's get one down. What if there's like five bands that come out all with father that's figure. really good yeah just one father figure i forget about father figure I'll, I'll say it again or moon meat i'll do it for the third time or uh <laughs> moon, what, meat. moon meat uh, i think it was i don't know how many episodes ago that was uh, uh what's your band name today philip today we have leanne's rhymes <laughs> leanne's rhymes is also from jackson mississippi like the singer leanne rhymes uh and they just they were just tired of hearing Were they about. on the Conair soundtrack as well? They they were not. Oh. And they're bitter about it. So they started 
They're on the Air Force One soundtrack. They're on the Air Force One soundtrack. Dang. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. they got the... Which no, is, okay. no Nick Cage. They got the... Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Gosh, he's the best. What, what movie would you rather been in? In Con Air or in Air Force One? I would have rather been on set with Harrison Ford. Because he's Nicholas the Cage? coolest. Nick Cage is cool. He's cra- He seems crazy. But is he, though? We is don't he? know. He seems crazy. Okay, uh, what genre is Leanne Rhymes? Genre, Le- they're a right? jam band. Yeah, the- Leanne's Rhymes. Leanne's Rhymes. Yeah. You know what? I, if I could go back in time and rename your band, it would have been <laughs> Leanne's Rhyme. And you just Dude, move, you just move the S. So. My band name today is Leanne's Rhyme. I love that. That's a good oh, one. That is so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that is amazing. Are they yeah. from Mississippi? They're from Jackson, Mississippi. They're from, they were on the Air Force One soundtrack. Listen. I love that movie. Listen, they If were... I could pick any movie, I would have been in that one. On set with Harrison Ford, because I bet <laughs> Nicolas Cage is cool. Nah. Didn't you just yeah. flip that around? Oh, man. I What's did. the best Nick Cage movie? Uh, I mean, yeah. is it National Treasure? Uh, yeah. It is. What's the second best? So I forget, it, I forget about yeah, that. Yeah, here's we're gonna. Well, I mean, it's probably The Rock. It's probably number one's probably The Rock. Uh, that's the one where he's in a prison. He's, and uh, yes, uh, okay, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. What did Azkaban? You say? <laughs> is that from Harry Potter? Dude, he had to escape. The, he was a prisoner of Azkaban. It's crazy. Nick Cage. That's from the Harry Potter universe. And this is the real universe. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my kids are sick. I haven't given, I'm not getting oh, sleep. Gosh. Is that from Azkaban? <laughs> uh, I think hey, what's the, your band? I think it's the last Harry Potter book I read, though. I think I got to Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> uh, my band name is... Uh, my band name is Crucial Snout. <laughs> and uh, Crucial Snout is like a Eurodance reggae fusion band. And so uh, they're not directly related, but um, just the, the kind of sound, you know, the song. Hold on. I just want to say the band name because it sounds fun to say. Crucial Snout. Crucial that Snout. That feels good. Crucial Snout. I thought it was a pretty good band name. Crucial snap. So where that breaks down is the music is is kind of it's okay. It's yeah. not. It's like hey, I could listen to it. So it's kind of it. You know their hit song. Uh, you know, feed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh, is very reminiscent of the song you know in Dumb and Dumber when he's driving the he's driving the the, the dog the dog thing. car. What does he call the car? Uh, Sheepdog. Eighty four Sheepmobile. Is it the Shagmobile? Oh, uh, what does yeah. he call it? Shag I don't remember. Shaggin wagon? No. Is it Shaggin wagon? No. It's an eighty four Sheepdog. Whenever they call it out, when he's driving an eighty driving? He's driving an eighty four Sheepdog. Sheepdog. <laughs> uh, but it's the ba da da um ba 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 da ding da da di da ba da um. That's what Crucial Snout sounds like. So, uh, and just ironically, they're on, they were on last, this is a long time ago. They don't tour anymore, but they, they were on tour. The last tour they did was opening for Smash Mouth. Are they like, Smash Mouth did like a, like a, like a B-League hockey tour, hockey arena tour. 
and they they opened up for him on that. I feel like Smash Mouth has made it on the podcast like three or four times. Are you surprised? I mean, I'm not surprised. You're doing something right. Smash Mouth. Out of all the bands that we grew up listening to, Smash Mouth was one of them. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Uh, the listen, Sma- we've talked. Were we talking about with Isaac Hanson uh, or was it Corey? I don't know. Long. Yeah, Corey. It was with Corey, I think. Dude, that debut album was sick, though. Walking yeah. on the Sun. Yeah, might was... as well be walking on the sun. Okay, let's let's back up and apologize for a sec. Uh, because bands, when they just become part of like an incessant banging noise in pop culture, I feel like it really does the artist a disservice. So, uh, like. Uh, like when Shrek was getting big and then Smash Mouth just rose with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel, I, you know, I kind of feel sorry for Smash Mouth. That, I mean, because I feel like when you hear Smash in. Mouth, yeah, they got looped into some <clears throat> of the hype yeah. with Shrek. So, you know, like I feel like you 2 suffered some of that, like when Elevation got so big and it was like in every Toyota commercial, you know? Ever. It, it was, was like just whenever they put it on Elevation. It was like in Tomb Raider and all that stuff. And it just got, you just got slammed with Elevation. It's yeah. like, oh man. And now people kind of are burned out on YouTube sometimes, mostly because, mostly because of that moment in time. I would say the Apple. I think it was Apple. It might have been Apple. Yeah. It just made people mad. Same. You know, Peter Bjorn and John. That's why yeah. it's like you don't turn them on. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's just, nobody goes, it was such a cool song. Yeah. It was like, are these going to play, because these guys going to play ACL Festival? I hope so. I hope they're going to be there. And now it's like, I can't do it because the Apple commercial. <laughs> um, so, uh, Crucial Snout's debut album is called Bazinga Dinga. <laughs> is that a, what's the TV their made show? up language, man. Bazinga. It's their version of, of Hope Lantic. It's not going to hold up. <laughs> Any cigarettes fans out there? Nope. Fantastic. Man, every single person just said yes. I think what it's time for is it's time to go to the bunker, right? Yep. And we need to arm ourselves. And to we need fight. to prayer for battle because it is time to help fight the, the foo. foo. Oh, man. Uh, with Chris Shiflett. So without further ado, everybody... Christopher Shiflato. And today on the podcast, this is Chris Shiflett, everybody. Say hi to everybody. Hey there, everybody. How you doing? I think you're the first person I've had do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> are you, are you guys in, are you, let me, you're in what, like Tulsa or Oklahoma City or somewhere? Where are you, where are you guys at? You got it. Oklahoma City. Right Oklahoma in the, City. Yeah, right yeah, in the middle. Yeah. It, just for to put everybody at a at a time date location all that kind of stuff where where are you right now what's where are you we gave us away i am in the beautiful san fernando valley here in los angeles beautiful nice where i, I live i mean i don't live in the san fernando valley but i live in los angeles so yeah that's where i'm at yeah um so why don't you profile yourself just a little bit as if somebody's never heard of you and nobody's heard of your work. So the chances are people okay. are going to click on this because they completely recognize uh, your name. 
slash the people that you're tied to. But, um, you know, we pride ourselves in being a podcast for gear enthusiasts, but also for the significant others of gear enthusiasts that have no idea what their uh, boyfriends or girlfriends are into, you know? So pretend like you're talking to those people. Who are you? What do you do? What are you doing? What is my name? What are you? Who are you? I'm my name is Chris Shiflett and I am uh most broadly known as a guitar player for sure and and most broadly known as the guitar one of the guitar players in uh the Foo Fighters yeah. which I, is a band that I have been in for coming up on I think 24 years now. Dang. Um I'm a I'm a California native. Um, I make records on the side and have done it under various monikers, such as Jackson United, uh, Chris Shiflett and the Dead Peasants. And these days I just put them out as Chris Shiflett. Um, so yeah, like solo record kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, West Coast you guys Town. would appreciate West Coast yes. Town. Which West Coast Town? What, which town are we singing about in that song? Well, I'm singing about Santa Barbara. Yeah, I, I think like Santa uh, Barbara. Every one and a half songs is is winds up being about Santa Barbara. So um, I don't know why it just is. It just always comes out in everything. And the funny thing is, is you know, I grew up there. I spent most of the first. 18 years of my life there and uh, I haven't lived there in a very long time um, but it still is just kind of endless yeah it's it's I love Santa Barbara and uh, we did uh, for Nam last year we did a, a, a signature what do you call it signature one-off brew yeah for uh, at Topa Topa. With Topa Topa based out of Ventura but they have a tap room in Santa Barbara um, oh nice and uh and so uh the brewer, the guy that we know from Topa Topo, lived in Santa Barbara, so we crashed at his place while we released the beer. Oh, nice! And uh, it's beautiful. You know what? It. I'm from Oklahoma City, so I don't necessarily thrive like in a place like Los Angeles, but I thrived in Santa Barbara. I was living. <laughs> oh, I was nice. living a great life in Santa Barbara. So, but now he That's works because for, it's known on the west. This is the Oklahoma City of the West. Oh yeah, that listen, <laughs> that's what we all that. call it. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> uh, the uh, and now he works for uh, Three Windows Brewing. Are you familiar? And say out of Santa no, Barbara. I, I'm. I don't. You know, it's funny because that's such a thing up there nowadays. But um, but I don't drink anymore. So I've I've missed all the um yeah all the you know craft brew uh sort of revolution that's gone on in the wake of me quitting drinking <laughs> totally what year was that uh 2006 2000 wow that's a long time ago hey. before you were born son it was before you were <laughs> that born was way before i was born <laughs> it was way before i was born that's amazing i'm sure we could do a whole podcast on on that before you'd messed with your first pedal sonny boy let me tell you <laughs> oh, tell me about the good old days <laughs> What was it like? Um, hey, I yeah. have so I do have a kind of a guitarist question. Um, so you mentioned you play with the band Foo Fighters, um, and yes, sir. Uh, so I, I've kind of always wondered. Uh, so usually bands, rock bands, comprise themselves of mostly two guitar players. You know, three seems uh, excessive, and four is ridiculous. So I. I don't know. You've probably never heard of them. There's a band, and I don't think they play anymore. But there's a band called Diarrhea Planet, and they it's uh, not a yes. joke. And they have four. They had yeah. four guitar players, uh, and that's the only oh, band wow. I know that had four 
you know, that successfully implemented like four guitars in, in all those spots. But you guys uh, yeah. have a lot of success with three uh, guitars happening. So I'd really like to kind of hear about the science of of everyone's kind of individual lane on, well, Chris does the, this thing, Pat, he kind of goes here and Dave, he does this thing over. And that's, we, that's how we don't kind of run into each other. And maybe there are times when you do run into each other and that's cool too. But how do you guys figure all that out? Well, when, when Pat first came back to, to the band, cause you know, I mean, I'm sure you know the story. He was the original guitar player and then he left for a while. And then, yeah. um, and then I joined after there was a guitar player between us and then I joined and then he wound up coming back. And so at, at that point we did think about it a lot. And then, um, probably because we thought about it so much, we just kind of like, um, we just kind of do it now, you know, without a lot of discussion. I think a lot of that comes from, you know, when you're, there's kind of two different things, you know, there's in the studio and then there's live, right? So in the studio, you're thinking about that more and not so much from the viewpoint of how do we not step on each other, but like you're recording a song and well, what does the song need? Well, you know, what do I, what do I think I should play to play sort of against what's already there? Um, and uh and so there's that part that kind of it almost like works itself out in a sense i think yeah um because then when you go to it live you've already kind of got that you know worked out and there are like you said times when we're all banging the same power chords yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. you know and that's a thing um but a lot of the time we're not and the way that that we approached that early on when pat came back a lot of time he was playing a baritone um oh, for like big yeah. sludgy sounds you know um and over the years, I think there's also been like a kind of a tonal thing where I think like Dave's tone live is um, is pretty like, you know, revved up ACDC crunchy, you know, rock guitar. Yeah. Um, most of the time, Pat would probably take go a step up from that a lot of the time where fuzzed out, gnarly, big, super overdriven sounds. Yeah. And then. And I'm probably doing more of maybe maybe my gain setting generally is a little less than Dave's, you know, still crunchy, but yeah. um, maybe a little bit less. And maybe you know, I'm I'm got more like delays and flangers and phasers and choruses and things swirling around and yeah. stereo you're delays. Bringing the, and things you're bringing like the that, paintbrushes. You know? so, That's what you're bringing. I'm bringing the brushes. I'd yeah. like to think, um, you know, where, when, when necessary and when I can get away with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's the, that. Yeah. What was the song we were just listening to? That yeah. I was going to say, speaking of flame. Solo. Was that, uh, was that black tops and white lines? Yes. Is that, Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Is that, yeah, what, yeah, what are exactly. you using? And, and, and so if you're listening and you haven't heard it, uh, Chris just came out with a, with a single called, uh, Black tops, white lines. Is that what it is? Black yeah. tops and white Black lines. Black tops, yeah, white yeah. lines, indeed. It, it, I, I want to say, you know, some of that, I, I honestly don't remember exactly what I recorded. I recorded most of my tracks on that album are, um, are a telly that I use, which is like kind of my main telly, which is a, um, it's a Fender custom shop that I bought probably 10 or 15 years ago out in Nashville. And it's supposed to be, you know, it's like modeled after a 53. So that's, you know, it's got a, it, a pickup in it is pretty hot. Yeah. Um, and it grits up real nice. And um, almost exclusively, unless I'm like recording somewhere and I don't have my stuff, it's, it's 
bound to be a, a either a phase 90 or a you know phase the mini one the phase 95 yeah. or what yeah. you know it's it's that thing um but when i listen to that i almost think like maybe reed that mixed it or jaron that produced it maybe threw a little extra flange or something on it because it mm -hmm. only has like a um kind of a harsher sounds like it's in flangey it does, phaser it's quality. very yeah, yeah you know what i mean swallow yeah it's awesome mouth yeah. chewy yeah. <laughs> you know yeah it's got that thing so yeah. um yeah it's Who a knows? it's like a you know that go ahead oh i was gonna say like making this new record because that's the first song off a whole record that's coming later in the year and um and Jaron is is the kind of the the workflow of it all was like a, a little different than how I've made records in the past. Like when we would record, it was just you know a bunch of musicians in the room recording. The, all the basic tracks are live, you know. Um, so there's that, and then I would take that and go go. You know, we do that out in Nashville. I would take that and I'd come back to LA and I'd over stuff on it and maybe re sing a part here and there and and just kind of tweak it but also jaron would take it and take that stuff home and he'd tweak it and do all this kind of production stuff you know it's mm -hmm. it's kind of a trip like like some of it because i'm one of you know on each track there's three of us playing guitar and like stringed instruments so i've i've actually in working out how to play some how to approach playing some of this stuff live i'll just crack open the mixes and sort of you know listen to like what charlie warsham did or what nate you know did and, and uh, oh thank you sir thank you thank you look at that coffee oh, nice. yeah i've heard of coffee so yeah i like coffee i think you guys sent me a bunch of coffee which is sweet yeah um but uh but yeah so like you know there's that stage sort of um messing around with it and yeah. and adding effects and tweaking stuff and that sort of almost like sound effect-y things that that goes on and then there's the dude that mixed it this dude reed shipping um who then you know would take it and 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 just turn things on it on their head too and mute parts and you know maybe something that you didn't think was going to be prominent was and vice versa all yeah. that sort of stuff so that's awesome um yeah it's 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 pretty cool like it really evolves from from when you record it to so a lot of the time you're like man i know i played that but i don't really know what the <laughs> fuck's going on there yeah <laughs> dude it, i mean it's not it makes me want to it makes me want to like break through a no trespassing area and like steal stuff <laughs> like it's bad boy music you know it's like oh man i'm gonna get into trouble tonight yeah. this is like woo. Totally. I mean, it got me it got my oh, blood boiling a little bit i yeah. was like am i 17 I or whatnot <laughs> Uh, so yeah, backtrack just a little bit. So you're in, you know, arguably the, you know, the greatest rock band of the decade, you know, kind of of our time of, of where we are in rock and roll. Most people would be fine with Thank that. You. Uh, and, 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 you know, kind of take your vacation time whenever, uh, Foo Fighters isn't recording or touring. Uh, but instead I think in 2017, um, and it even goes back further than that, but just kind of what's what I what we were able to find, you know, 2017 and up to today. Uh, you've been writing and releasing kind of your own stuff. What it like? What kind of inspired that? And what's wrong with you? Why are you working more? <laughs> like what? Like what? What's it, going on? It really there? is like as as the years go and things get busier and busier, it really does get harder to maintain that balance. And the thing that's that's goofball, if if I was I should be more disciplined 
about it all, but I'm just not. So like I usually, you know, like when Foo Fighters are working, we're working really hard and we're really busy and we're touring a lot or we're making a record. What You know, whatever it is that we're doing, it's full on, yeah. you know. Um, and usually in that time, I'm not like writing and preparing. I might like write a little bit and, or just kind of like noodle around ideas and record them here and there, but I'm not like really getting like songs together. So it's it's usually like after a long Foo Fighters cycle, I will sit down and sort of figure out, you know, it'd be that time where you want to go make another record. Uh -huh. And so you'll sort of work that out. But by the time you get that done, it's like we're back to work. So like, that, you know, that's like, you know, I've got a, a busy year of, of Foo Fighter touring ahead of me. But and I and I made this record um, during like a lot of 2021 and even into 2022 um, was when I actually like recorded these songs. Yeah. But it just takes a while to get stuff out. You know, if I if I was like, my game, I would have put this out a year ago and and had a little more time to to kind of do it in the in the downtime. But as it stands, I'm kind of doing it right on top of of going into <laughs> being you know full full on um, Foo Fighters schedule again. So yeah, uh, time management not one of my uh, <laughs> real great strengths apparently. <laughs> Yeah, so Foo Fighters seems like one of those bands, obviously, like, there's a front image that, I mean, gets the fans super excited. Uh, it, but I think behind the scenes, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's definitely, it definitely seems like there's Gantt charts, you know, and, like, severe project management happening uh, in the boardroom of, of Foo <laughs> Fighters. It's like, who manages all that and who keeps things straight and who keeps things on task? And it, am I somewhat correct or shed a light on that? Oh, yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's it's a big operation for sure. I mean, just just taking our band on tour, like, you know, you've got, I, I don't know how many people on the crew, like crew that we never even meet because they're there before we get there and mm -hmm. gone before, you know, like... um so yeah, it's it's a big operation. I mean, luckily in Foo Fighterland, we have a great team of people that do keep you know things rolling and everything organized from our management and yeah. all the folks there to like our our touring crew of people. I mean, I was just on a on a on a call right before I jumped on with you guys with our production manager and my guitar tech and and my buddy Allie that that uh, that runs our studio here. Um, talking with the guy that's designing my new uh, pedal board, and you know, yeah, there's there's that. It's it, there's a lot of folks. It's a, there's a lot of planning that that goes into it. You know, it's a Man. big big operation for sure. Yeah. <laughs> do, wait, do I, are you gonna say something? No, me? no, no. You go. No, you go. I don't have anything. Oh, I thought you were about to. I thought you were about to cut in. No. Oh, um, are you managing all that yourself? Like who, like getting your pedal board set up and like the time and like what effects you want on it or is your tech doing a lot of that? Um, I or mean, I'm involved for sure. Cause it's, it's, it's like, um, I've gone down, I've got, it's, it's funny. My, my solo pedal board, which is a different little beast yeah. is actually little beast up is impacting my, <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah. that's our new band guys let's Dude, do it because uh, yeah. that's, that's what we all need <laughs> right. more shit we can um, see that time management uh yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. starting to see no, we should totally do it let's start um, a new band yeah it's a problem uh yeah so i i started using some stuff with my solo thing that i then added to my foo fighter board which then sent me down this whole kind of thing and I've, I've so i've been like kind of streamlining and redesigning that with and i say me but it's really just me talking to 
Dave Friedman, who's designing the board mm-hmm. and telling yeah. him kind of what I want it to do. And then he puts it all together and, and, and designs it. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm in, involved in that to an extent. I'm, I'm more involved or like sort of hands on in design. And now I've just re- kind of redid the one that, that is, uh, for my solo thing, because for that, like in the, but a big, huge touring rig. I've got, you know, yeah. two half stack. I got four half stacks going, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and all the routing stuff and a being between things. And so that's, it's yeah. a big thing in my, in my solo thing, I have recently gone completely to the digital dark side where I am now not even bringing an amp on tour. I'm playing through a Strymon Iridium yeah. that comes out through assorted things and ultimately, for those listening at home, goes into a fucking walrus canvas. Walrus stereo. Canvas, there you go. DI. <laughs> you heard yeah. it here first. That's right. Yeah. And um, and I was just sitting there and I and I and I bought um, one of those uh, G3 gig rig like switcher things and so about here that runs our studio Allie who used to be Dave's longtime guitar tech but he's he's not on tour with us anymore uh was sitting here helping me um him and Pat's tech uh it's my other friend Salar helped me put the whole thing together and then we were just sitting down this morning also before I jumped on with you and and just trying to figure out how to program it all and it's it's really fucking cool yeah like it's it opens up some cool tone stuff that yeah i'm gonna be taking advantage of for sure that's great i have a g3 and i had to have uh mm. one of our guys here uh lee help me set it up because i'm not smart enough to <laughs> uh to get it programmed <laughs> and i honestly I only bought it because it was, uh, we're getting off the rails on gear talk, but I only bought it because I could only find three or two switchers on the market that had, uh, three stereo ins and outs. Um, and I needed, Mm. I had like a, a stereo chorus and then I've got, you know, verb and delay and I wanted both those, you know, for sure in stereo, but the stereo chorus, I wanted at least, uh, you know, two stereo outs for that. But yeah, it was either that or there was a QSAC. Well, that's one, but yeah. that's exactly why I got it as well because I'm running. Yeah, for my solo thing, I'm running. Um, I've got you know a bunch of you know phasers and overdrives and things going on, and then that goes into a, one of those Strymon Deco pedals that I have set to that like secondary function. That's one of my out. favorite guitar um, pedals ever. Wet dry. Yeah, it's the best. It is. So I have that as just like almost right up the middle where it's tape coming out one side and and dry. Coming. So it just gives it, it's not quite so a slap. Cool. It's just like that, like yeah. that stereo chorusy kind of thing, just a little bit. Yeah. And then that goes into the timeline. And from the from that point on, the whole thing stares. So that goes into the, not into the timeline. I'm sorry. That goes out of the deco into the iridium, from the iridium into the uh, timeline. Yeah. And so I'm running stereo, like ping pongy delays out of the timeline and then into the, uh, um, uh, what the fuck's that thing called? The Flint. That's like the tremolo and the the reverb, right? So, and that's all in stereo too. So, so yeah, that, the G3 thing, I, I, I don't remember if somebody told me about it or I stumbled upon it online, but I got to tell you, I'm a total Luddite with this stuff too. But, um, the guy that runs that company, Daniel, is so he that dude is rad 
He yeah. is like, you can get him on the phone. He helps you out. Like, he'll explain it to you. He sent me, he, ba- I basically, same kind of guy. I told him what I wanted it to do and he mapped it all out for it and sent it to us. And then, um, oh, Ali wow. and Salar Dang. here, like, like wired the whole thing together. And so, you know, the, the hard part is sort of the wiring and assembling all that stuff. That's what, yeah. for me, what, where I get lost. But the actual programming of it is super easy. It's amazing. That is amazing. Daniel didn't do that for me. So. <laughs> Uh, that he he did. Well, maybe he, he didn't know you were a podcast host, man. He's, he's, listen, you should no, have him on your I've show been, and pepper I've him with been questions. On that pedal show, I've been there, and he didn't <laughs> offer. He didn't offer that to me at all. So, he will once this posts. Yeah, 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 he will once this posts. It was such yeah. a. It was a. It was sweet being. There. It's out in the middle of nowhere, in like you know, in. Oh, on that pedal show. Yeah. Yeah. And Somerset. Oh, you actually and physically went there? Yeah, as like a walrus thing. We like did, yeah. We went and we were like yeah. at the show oh, wow, and, cool. and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, they want to yeah. jam. And then you're stuck. You're stuck playing guitar with Mick and Dan, which is like, they're freaking amazing. And I'm just a hack. <laughs> Are you a jammer? That's a good Are way you, to like, do you? That's a generous way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that's the Majamer. thing, like, you know, it's it's funny, like, when in my age and the sort of scene that I grew up in, there was nothing more. If you say, hey, dude, let's jam, like, you would have right. been laughed yeah. out of jam. them. And we never, the jamming was like, fuck you, you fucking hit. It was like that, you know what I mean? Like, it was not... This was the 80s, man. It was not cool. Especially, yeah. like, I grew up in, like, the land of the Solstice Parade and avocados and fucking hippie residue everywhere, believe you me. <laughs> and we fucking hated it. Right. I've, I've, I've lightened up on that now at my, sure, at sure, my sure. advanced age. But at yeah. the time, oh, this was it was like, that was like the, the you know, the worst thing. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so it's funny. As much, as, as much time as me and my friends and all our, you know, buddies that played music, as much time as we all spent woodshedding and garages and you know making a racket we sure didn't spend a lot of that time like jamming yeah you know what i mean yeah i it can be kind of like you know it's it can be like you can be totally like competent at your instrument but there's just like certain things yes i I like i i really actually kind of like that now um like just noodling around and and with people I, i i find that really enjoyable but like um but when i was younger i think it made me really nervous it was just so oh, yeah. out of my wheelhouse, you know. I, it's terrifying. I still get nervous. People, <laughs> people are like, you want to jam? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess so we'll just kind of noodle around. <laughs> and then it's like, but there's this expectation. It's like, are we jamming to like to write songs? Are we just jamming for pleasure? Or are, you know, are, are we, is this going to, you know, there's always like these golden shadows of like, what's the ulterior motives here? That's <laughs> what I'm thinking about. Probably not everybody's thinking about those things. I, but all I think about is I people. think jamming jamming for pleasure is like the f- name of the first little beast EP. There you go. Yeah, little jamming, <laughs> jamming to bring that pleasure. all around. Every yeah. time for pleasure. Every but, time I've been asked to jam with somebody it's always like the best guitar player or the best drummers. And so it's like, oh, no, yeah. no. Also, are you bragging right now? It sounds like you're bragging, which I think is no, good. No, that's not a brag. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, every time I literally get asked to jam, it's like... It's here at the shop it's just, during it's the It's with the best, by the best. Yeah. We'll, we'll shoot our pedal plays here, and we bring... Where I naturally like, slot in as <laughs> being the best. Yeah, every time I get asked to dinner, it's always with the most wealthy, most influential people. It's just know? like John Mayer. <laughs> it's crazy. Me, it's just... Know? 
Yeah, it just keeps <laughs> happening to me. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's, right place, right time. Listen, <laughs> hate me or not, it's for the pedal plays, and it'll be the guys that come in and play, and they're incredible. They can just sit down and write a song and play a song, like, and never miss a beat, never hit the wrong note. And they're like, "Hey, Philip, you should jump in and play on this one." I'm like, "Absolutely not. This is being recorded." Yeah. That's not just like stay in my lane. You yeah, know? that's the best thing. If you just play stuff, you know, you know, and they, as long as people don't good. hear you, you can still be the best. Yeah, and it's like, like but little yeah. do you know, that's the only stuff I know. So <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we all have like at least you know three or four. What I think of is like guitar store licked. You know, oh yeah. oh yeah, that you do when you're in the guitar store and you pick up the guitar and check it. You know, yeah, you're saying that like, whoa, that dude, that dude knows his shit, man. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one for the acoustic room and then one for the, the electric room. <laughs> the guitar store. Yeah. This, yeah. Is the, this is the acoustic riff. This is the, uh, this is the amp trying out the amp. We should or do it. To tell we should do. Man, that guy's like deep bluegrass. Check him out, man. That dude's heavy. We don't get guitars around you these parts very often. You play with somebody? Yeah, I do. Um, it's called a podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, backtrack just a little bit. Talk about... Um, so what were you doing before Foo Fighters and then how, what was the on-ramp to Foo Fighters like? It, it you know, just kind yeah. of researching on my own, it sounds like some, uh, you know, happenstance audition, but, I, you know, stories are always have a little bit more to it than that. Um, what was that? What yeah, happened there? Yeah, in in prior to being in the Foo Fighters for about four and a half years, I was playing guitar in a band called No Use for a Name. Um, and I was living up in San Francisco. They were from like the San Jose area and they were on a record label called Fat Records. Um, and so I was playing with them and making records and doing stuff. And then we had another side band thing that was a uh, kind of project punk rock supergroup kind of thing called Me First and the Gimme Gimmies that started in those years as well. Yeah. Um, so so that's what I was. Well, oh, supergroup in the sense like, that it was like we. We were all in different bands, you know, yeah. so they came together. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was all happening. And then the opportunity to audition for Foos came up and I, and I jumped at it. And, and it really was like a wild shift because um, I didn't, you know, we, like I'd never met any of those dudes and, and, and joined the band right at a time when they had just made the third record, but it wasn't out yet. So I got to be there for all the... Like the promo, like that was like, like learning the the phrase promo tour was all new to me. Uh -huh. I'd never been on a promo tour. That's yeah. this thing that the bands do before the record comes out, where they fly all over the place and and do interviews and um, and play on TV shows and do little underplays and clubs and uh, in store signing, like all that stuff. It was just all new territory, and so. Every day, and I'm not exaggerating, every day was just like a thousand miles an hour. Just like literally did, the first thing I did was fly around the world with, with the band, go yeah. to all these crazy places I'd never been to. And um, and it was just wild, man. And then we got into like the the, the meat of the touring um, and it was just kind of off to the races, you know. Um, next thing you know, it's... 24 years later and you're still going, you know, man. but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a gigantic, uh, uh, change for me. And then right after that, you know, just a couple months after I joined, I wanted to move into New York and, um, you know, life just all kind of changed a lot. Uh, put more language around. Uh, I heard about an audition. Like, how did you hear about an audition? What was the audition like? Who was it with? 
uh, all that you kind know of stuff. crazy dude I I have because our tour manager now Gus um, was the tour manager from before I was even in the band so he's been with with Foo Fighters for a very long time but he set up a little video camera in the corner for the auditions and like I think filmed all of them so he has and got me a few years ago um, the, uh, the my very first audition because I actually auditioned twice about uh-huh. a week apart but I have the first one on on video, and it's so wild, man! That's like amazing. I literally, I, like I walk into the room, and I've got my my Les Paul in my little case, and I'm wearing a backpack. You know, I got shorts on. I'm like, "Hello, I'm here for the audition." Like it's like it looks like I just came from junior high or something. Um, but uh, and 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 yeah, that first one was was not super long. It was maybe an hour because they were like doing a bunch of auditions and. We yeah. just played a few songs and 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 kind of sat around and talked a little bit and you know honestly I was just in awe of the whole thing and trying to keep it together and try not to be too nervous and you know it's pretty overwhelming because like you know like they were I pretty much a favorite band like of the big bands I mean I was also listening to a lot of like more kind of underground music and stuff too but like out of the bands that like you would hear on the radio and see on mtv or whatever like foo fighters was numero uno for me at that time um so i was tripping you know did you did you play foo fighters songs for the audition or did you play so did was there like a drummer there or they had like yeah i know it was the whole band yeah it was oh so it was with the band yeah oh yeah no it was with the band yeah yeah. so what what it was well um i they sent out to i i presumably everybody that did auditions, they sent out a cassette tape of four songs. And it was a song from the first record, song from the second record, a song from um, the Godzilla soundtrack. There was this weird song called A320. And um, and a song from the third album that, you know, I'd never heard because it wasn't out yet. And it was that song, Aurora. Yeah. And I think they put A320, I've never asked, but I'm sure they put A320 and Aurora on there to like throw curveballs to whoever yeah. <laughs> um, audition because those are a little like weird or, you know, there's not, it's not like the when you, th- the sort of standard like Foo Fighters thing that you think of, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm sure I must have that cassette in a box somewhere in storage, which I would love to find. But yeah, that's how it was. They sent me a cassette. So you walked into the room. With the Foo Fighters, yeah. your favorite rock yep. band. How do you la- yeah. how do you yep. land an audition like that? Did, were you recommended, or did you apply um, the like, cereal box label, or what was? <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's right. Yeah, Call I, I answered an ad in the back of a. There's a little uh, uh, classified in the LA. It's Times. a little. It's um, a little rip off tags in the bathroom. You know. <laughs> It was it was stuck up uh, at a coffee shop and it had those little tags. That's what you know? I figured. No. <laughs> yeah, incredible. exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I my a buddy of mine knew somebody knew a lawyer that worked at the law firm that represented the band, and it was my friend Bill who um, has always like Bill when we were younger. You know, I've known Bill since I was a little kid, basically. But he was always the dude. We were like, you know, musicians that had both moved down to LA from Santa Barbara. He's like one of my best friends in the whole world. But he was also the dude that was that just somehow always knew more about how the music industry worked than all the rest of us. Like he could explain yeah. a publishing deal when we were like, you know, 20 years old or whatever, like in, <laughs> nice. in, in a way, a good friend sense. to have. Like he was just, I know. And he was just that dude, you know, just kind of like the guy that I always, um, 
and still, believe you me, like still lean on a lot for advice and, you know, to sort of pick things apart. And uh, anyway, yeah. So my buddy Bill knew, you know, that guy, this guy got my name thrown in, 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 the, in the mix uh, through him. That's amazing. That is amazing. And he doesn't get any of my salary. You know what I mean? Like, how is that fair? <laughs> that is crazy. Nice. But he's a lawyer. He's fine. He's doing okay. Well, he's not a lawyer. It was his, it was, it was, uh, oh, it was his, his friend that was the lawyer. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Well, we'll send him some coffee too yeah. then. There you go. It'll be really Perfect. great. Uh, okay. So what's different? What's, so that was in 99, right? Yeah. So what's different on tour, uh, this upcoming tour? What are some things that are different between the upcoming tour and then touring with the band in 1999? What are some things that have changed? Oh, everything has changed. I mean, venue size. Yeah. Um, uh, the quality of hotel. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you know, back in those days, we used to all be on the same bus. You yeah. know, it's just stuff like that. It's just kind of nuts and more. They were, I don't think there were any trucks now there's like a thousand of them you know uh -huh. I mean? like yeah it's 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 all changed quite a bit i always say like when when i joined the band and i'm really feel lucky to that i joined you know of course i would have loved to have joined earlier and uh, been there from the beginning but um but i still got to be there for like a lot of the ride you know mm -hmm. um which is great because like i i know like at that time when you think about you know, three albums and the band was already totally established and well known and everything. But like, we were like a, you know, four o'clock slot at the festival band at that point. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, we were still playing in daylight at the festival in, in those days. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, yeah. you know, and to get to go um, through all the years of like, you know, into the bigger, size venues and you're in like the old beater hockey arena that nobody goes to anymore and you only sold half of it to like the next time you come around you're at the nice new arena and you almost sold it out and then the next time it was like sold out the nice arena and then maybe even got to the spot beyond that like has been like uh just you know it's like the shit that we all dream of when we're little kids like yeah. staring at kiss records you know and i'm and i feel really lucky to to have gotten to be a part of that uh when you're on tour uh do you, I mean, how do you stay sane? How do you stay healthy? How do you stay mentally uh, awake and physically alive? You know, are you have a workout routine or do you have like meditations? Do you walk? Do you run? Uh, you know, what, what feeds you? All that I kind do. Of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, um, I'm my usual routine. It's, you know, what changed the most is like, uh, is like when my wife and I had kids, I got yeah. three uh -huh. boys. And that, that changed, I mean, that just changes how you're hardwired, you know? So mm -hmm. like, a, like for me on tour, it's like almost like it doesn't matter how late you're up, you know, it doesn't matter how late the gig was or you had to drive over, you know, a couple hours to get to the next town or whatever. Like I'm just kind of up with the sunlight most uh -huh. of the time. Um, yeah. And I like to get out and I like to see where I'm at. And I do like to, to go to the gym and get a good workout in and, and, um, you know, just take kind of take that time for yourself everywhere you are to to uh, to, to just to experience it. It's, hard, it's really hard to to stay kind of in the moment. I mean, I say that, but I fail miserably at it all the time. But it's it, that it is nice when you when you do that. Um, yeah. And uh, and 
because it's also really easy on tour to, to never see anything. And like, it doesn't make any difference where you are because all you ever see is a hotel room and the venue, you yeah. know, maybe the bar after the gig, like, like that, you, that's really easy to, to, um, to kind of go through a whole touring cycle right. that way. And, um, and I like to not do that. I like to see, see it. I got friends everywhere. Check in with people, you know, yeah. see the sights. Do you like it's to good. see? Do you like to see friends on tour that are locally in some of the places you're stopping at? Yeah, I mean, I like to see them on tour. Maybe go have lunch. I don't really like, like, like. Uh, I don't really hang out after the show much. You know what I mean? So I don't like yeah. kind of doing the whole boogie woogie at the gig. But yeah, I love yeah. like you know, you, depending on where we are, going to hang with 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 friends for sure. Does that fit? Does like uh, just connecting with people? Does that feel you? Does do you get more energy after you've connected with people, or do you have like finite social dollars where like you kind of spend them throughout the day? Because that's how I am. Like I like to connect. Yeah. With people, but then afterwards, it's like I gotta take a I gotta take a social break. I need a mask and like I need some darkness. That, that's a really that's a good way of putting it, man. <laughs> Finite social dollars. I mean, more uh, at the gig because at the gig, I don't want to. Um, I just don't want to hang out with anybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like the, there's the task at hand, and I like to kind of relax before the show and maybe an hour or so before the show. I just want to play my guitar and warm up and kind of get in that frame of mind. And then when the show's over, we play a nice long show. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I just want to go mm -hmm. take a shower and go to bed and try to get some rest, you know, do it the next day. But, you know, meeting up for lunch or, you know, seeing people during the day or much less if we're somewhere where there's surf, then hell yeah, I'm going to see my friends nice. for sure. Go do that. So you surf, oh, I guess, yeah. if you're from Santa Barbara. Yes, sir. Big thing. What's that Dawes song? Uh, oh, comes in waves. If the lyrics are like, "Boy grows up in a beach town, but never learns to surf." Oh. Yeah, I know. that's just interesting. Yeah, because you know what? They don't surf. Isn't that the craziest thing? They're from Malibu. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're cool. I love them. <laughs> yeah, they're. I think they're the second best. My f second best rock band after. After Foo Fighters, I'll uh, put Dawes. When, I'm, I have interviewed the singer from Dawes a couple of times, and I, I think maybe in the second, I don't remember if it was the first or second, but one of those interviews, I was like, so, you know, you're from Malibu, you grew up surfing? He was like, no. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that <laughs> that is crazy. third point is right there in Zuma and fucking Point Doom. What are you doing? I know. I know. <laughs> well, I proudly say. But, yeah, but I also, by the way, I totally relate to that because I grew up in Santa Barbara. Which has some world class waves, and yeah. I didn't surf till I didn't start surfing until I moved away. So I oh. actually I make fun of Dawes, but I totally <laughs> totally relate. There you go. That makes sense. Uh, I am from Oklahoma, and I can uh, successfully ride a horse. So I <laughs> nice and shoot a gun. So I guess not I, easy to do. I, not easy yeah, to do. Yeah. My wife and I actually looked into taking some horseback riding lessons recently because I cannot ride a horse but my wife and i took horseback riding lessons when our kids were real young uh for a little while and i loved it it was so fun but i never you really loved it got huh there, you know i loved it yeah but i but but i never got to the point where i could like what what i really wanted to do was be able to like walk into a stable and throw a saddle on a horse and ride away yeah and i just never got there i right. always had to have the training wheels and the and the trainer and the person talking me through it you know 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's it's funny with 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 stuff like that. There's a it's like a mix of like you being intrigued by something you don't that you aren't familiar with that you didn't grow up with that you don't really know, and then also a little mix of nostalgia. Because when we were like mm-hmm. when we were young, my dad took us mm. and my brothers a couple times up to a dude ranch up in like North County, Santa Barbara. And um, just rode like trail horses that you know don't give a fuck. That yeah. you're not really riding it. They're just they're the gonna beaters, do what they're the gonna do. But, 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 yeah, but, yeah, you know what I mean. So, but as a little kid, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Um, so there's like just it's like a, that mix. It's like sort of something I don't really know, and then a little nostalgia for my childhood. You know, it's a good memory. Yeah, uh, Philip, you horseback ride much? Man, you know, we we shot a video for a pedal we released. And we went to his mom's or his parents' place, and I rode the horse, and I am, like, deathly allergic. Oh, you remember I that you were allergic to horses. We, we Are filmed... you allergic to horses or just mammals in general? Horses, I guess. I don't know. Horses. I'm not allergic to... Wow. I'm kind of allergic to dogs, but, but yeah, we had to, like, film each scene and, like, just, like... <laughs> I had to clean my face off after every scene. Oh my gosh! And then look I've like never I heard of dying. somebody being allergic to a horse. That's I think wild. you made. I did, I I agree. I think you are making this up. <laughs> you were there. Who has a horse <laughs> allergy? What? You, like you were. What there would you have done if you were born 150 years ago? I would have died. Like, I would have been got, dead you know long I mean? before I got on a horse. Oh so uh, many, you wouldn't even made it to the Donner Pass. <laughs> be in a field somewhere. Oh my gosh! Oh man. This, I think you have like a dander allergy or something like that. Probably. I don't think it's exclusive. Those to, horses, your mom's horses. horses were just really dandery. Like it, that might have been it. Well, they, they live in a. I don't know. if They live in a barn. <laughs> they live outside. You know. Uh, are you so a dog? When, when I was in the in the. Oh yeah, I'm big time dog person. But I was gonna say when I was when I was in the Gimme Gimmies, we uh, 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 every album was like a different theme of cover songs. And one of them was a uh, was uh, we covered a bunch of country songs, and for the album cover, we did this photo shoot where we had a it, it wasn't a Clydesdale, but goddamn, it was close. So whatever is just before a Clydesdale it was a big ass horse, yeah. and uh, me and the singer sat were like you know we they were kind of putting the, the shot together, and we're supposed to be sat up on it. So we get up on on this horse. And you ever just get a sense from an animal just right away that he was not cool with it, and you just yep. got that that. <laughs> feel right away he kind of like i remember the horse kind of like looked at us like and it just started to run and we both jumped off like in the nick of time but that was like oh my god that was i mean those are horses are big fucking animals yeah, they're they're huge. big animals that scared the hell out of me yeah that's terrifying good instincts there's there's decision points in life where you you opt out of chaos immediately but it, there's a little yes. bit of pain involved yes. To opt out of the chaos. Yeah. And sometimes you got to jump off the horse. Yeah. See, in that scenario, I would yeah. have stuck on and died. Oh, my gosh. So, so you're a sticker yeah. on her. I'm a sticker on That's honor. what they call you. Sticker on her. Yeah, that's what they call you. How to tame that horse. Social science calls you sticker on her. It's the, it's the yeah, worst type of flight, I guess. <laughs> I'm a flight. Yeah. <laughs> flight. flight. Uh, we I'm should a, make I'm a, a fight. While we're on here, we should just make our own personality typing system. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I'm a totally. fight, I guess. Yeah, are you so personality? I should have fought the horse. I blew it. Just started. Yeah, personality typing. I, I, I kind of, um, I think I know from just kind of your prolificness of of the the content that you do create. But are you kind of a future addict, or are you good at being in the moment, or do you kind of, when you lay your head asleep at night, are you thumbing through the past? What are you doing? Which of those three? Mm. 
little bit of both, but I'm probably more stressed about the future. Yeah. Than worrying too much about the past. Yeah. Yeah. Stre- like on how's it all going to work out or, or what's my place or yes. what, what stresses you about the future? Oh man, we're going Besides deep. war. Oh God, everything, <laughs> everything. Yeah. There's, well, that too. Uh, yeah, no, everything. I mean, that's like, you know, I mean, God, I, being a dad, it's just, that's like, it's you love your kids so much, but it's just this, like, you're just so irrationally worried all the time. You yeah, know? and my oldest like he's in college now. He's like living on his own out and doesn't live you know lives far away from us and everything. So it's like, it's it's like a macro version of the first time he rode off down the street on a bike or a skateboard or something. Yeah, like, oh, he's out there. Oh gosh! Um, so you you have large yeah. you have large children like X, XL. <laughs> like you're in the yes. big you're you have old, how old are your kids? You want to hear something that's so humbling? All my children are taller than me. Um, I'm not what? a tall man. I'll just oh, put it ta- I'll, I'll, We can start I with that. You said older. <laughs> All of my children <laughs> are older than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now uh, we're going to get into relativity. And <laughs> I was on a ship <laughs> at light speed. I went back in time on tour. I, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah a lot of people back. don't know that. Touring, you reverse time. Yeah. Um, <sighs> oh, man. Yeah, now my kids are 19, 16, and 15. And even my 15-year-old is taller than me now. It's like, it's, come on, stop do you growing. Still, do you still have, uh, like, dad strength where you can still beat, the, like, like in, a, in a wrestling match? Can you conquer the 19-year-old still? Or what's the deal? Mm. When does it wear <laughs> I out? I don't think so. No, I think he's got me. I think, I think it's, because you know what, ha- what, the, what nowadays kids, teenagers, all go through this, like, thing of where they get into working out. Yeah. It wasn't much of like, I didn't know anybody that went to the gym when I was, maybe I guess like the jocks did, but like none of the people that I hung out with were, yeah. were working out and stuff. And now it's like too busy jamming. all these kids. Cause you're a jammer. Fucking jamming. Exactly. Dude, you're such a jammer, man. Um, yeah. Just eating avocados, smoking dubs, just jamming. <laughs> um, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara on the beach with some congas and some fire sticks. You know the drill. <laughs> Uh, you've been there. Yeah. Yeah. The Baja sweater. Uh, That's good. I, I, I bet I could take my 15 year old wrestling match, but, um, but, uh, but only just, only just, yeah. and he'd probably fight dirtier than me. So who the hell yeah. knows? Really. He's going to watch this and just like take yeah. you on. My son, my oldest is 11. And then, uh, we have an eight year old and a five year old after that. But my, my oldest, he, I've told him like it'll never happen. Like he'll never be able to conquer me, you know. And so <laughs> in his mind, he's yeah. like, I will be able to. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering like where that line is, oh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm more worried about my eight year old daughter. She went and hugged me the other day, but did like the squeeze thing, and I've like I've cracked a vertebrae. It was I was like, <laughs> you are like nice, so strangely strong. Uh, you scare me. So I give my four year old yeah. so six all that years. Whole Foods pure, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, organic milk you're feeding yeah, them exactly <laughs> strong strong people and the avocados dude. And the avocados and the, the conga <coughs> muscles that they all have yeah. now um that's amazing uh so you were you a father before uh i'm trying i'm bad at math so you're a father after food fighters yeah yeah, yeah. gotcha i joined in 99 got married and we had our first baby in 2003 and uh great year for yeah. kids then 
Great. Oh, great year for kids. Um, yeah. How did that change the dynamic of touring? Who everybody kind of has. Everybody has children in the band, right? A lots of people do. Everybody has children, and yeah, everybody does. But I was uh, the first one by about five months, and then um, uh, Nate had his first son, and then everybody followed after that. But um, once it got into the realm of everybody having kids, and we all had young kids at that in, at that point, the summer tours really changed a lot in a in a really good way because everybody brings their families out and nice. you know um, there's like just kids everywhere making a racket playing with stuff. It just very very different than um, when it's just a bunch of just the band. Yeah, you know? way more fun. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fun as a kid. How fun yeah. would that be going out? Yeah. It, yeah. it is that weird thing, though, as a, you know, like my, my, um, how do I say this? Like my kids have grown up around this really their entire lives have been around the band, the, the, the touring, you know, what a backstage looks like, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I do wonder, like from their point of view, because all that mystery that, that we had growing up, they don't have, they know what it looks yeah. like backstage, right. you know, they, they know what all, how all that stuff works, you know? So I think, um, it's a very the probably the best thing that I've ever given my kids is is to have taken them like traveling a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think is is a is a very, very good thing. Where's your favorite place to go to travel? I mean what lights you up. It's hard hard to say, hard to pick just one. I personally love like Australia a lot. And um and New Zealand as well. Um and just so much of Europe. I love going to Europe. I love taking my kids to Europe. There's so much there to do with and show the kids and everything. And um probably the most kid-friendly place to travel anywhere on earth is Italy, I would say. Wow. And Why would you the say the Italians are because the Italian people in my experience are just so goddamn nice to your kids. Yeah. You know, you take you go to a restaurant in Italy and they come over and they dote on your kids first. And they bring, you know, especially when your kids are really young, young kids don't want to wait for anything. Yeah. So you got to get them their food really quick. Yes. Which is sort of at odds with the typical sort of like European have a nice long dinner and relax kind of thing. That's totally cool, but your kids don't care because they're four and they just want their pasta right then. So yeah. the Italians, <laughs> and like I said, maybe it's not like this everywhere. I don't know. But in my experience, Italians dote on your children in a way that makes things nice and comfortable for, for us as parents. Makes Sounds like it makes it a lot easier. Let's take our kids yeah. to Italy. Let's go. That's great. Uh, I had to go to Italy for Walrus um, early, like a couple months ago. And had listen, to go. Yeah, they're like, they're like, yeah, let's meet for dinner at, at 930. And I was like, oh, I, I'm a father. My kids aren't here, but I'm still a father. I'd love to eat at 5.30 yes. if possible. And they're like, for lunch yeah. then? And I was like, no, no, not lunch. For dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is too uh, late. No, it's, it's funny, you know, we're all just like the products of where we come from. Um, and as much as I can see the value in having a nice long, like, four-hour French dinner, like, it is, you can't, like do your sort of Americanness when it comes to that sort of shit. Like, I want my food and I want it real fast. God yeah. damn it, come on. Hot and um, fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, yeah. yeah, yeah. got to get into the groove when you travel abroad. Abroad. That's amazing. Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about the future. 
So in your mind, in the future, uh, what's going on in the future? What does the future look like in your brain? What are you doing? What is everybody else doing? Oh, man. Like the eventual future? My eventual. What are you going to do in your immediate future? Oh, God, I don't know. Like, is that even an option for a musician? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Good question. I do fantasize sometimes about having like long stretches where like I always said to my wife, like, as soon as our youngest goes off to college, I am like going to buy a one-way ticket to a tropical island. I don't know when I'm coming. I'd love for you to come, but I don't know when I'm going to come back. I'm just going to take my surfboard, a pair of swim trunks, and, uh, and just go chill. Because at that point, we will have done our job. Mm-hmm. We will have fulfilled our responsibility. We raised them. We took, you know, we sent them off to college, and now it's me time to go do nothing man that sounds yeah that sounds great whether or not that actually ever happens you know yeah. it's, it's probably unlikely but we'll see yeah i see um kind of a, a progression in the music industry where mm-hmm. where the power uh and it, where the power of your influence moves from your fingers into your brain so early on you know like you're a lot of people are working in crews and uh, doing things and playing guitar, like you're dragging your guitars everywhere, you're setting up amps, you're loading amps in the back of trucks and hoping they don't tip over on the way to band practice, all that kind of stuff. And then you're in a band and you're paid, you know, you make money playing with your fingers. And then you start, um, you know, writing. And then you start, you know, some of the work kind of starts, some, instead of coming from your hands, starts to come from your brain a little bit more. And then eventually... Sure. Uh, people, you know, people drop the instruments and then, you know, either start engineering, producing, consulting, uh, writing books, things like that. Like, are you kind of, do you want to see yourself like writing or producing or, or more in the future? Or are you going to shred for life or what's up, man? I guess, you know, you just kind of have to see what, what comes down the pike, you know? I mean, I, I have been fortunate to work with some great producers, um, and I think about that sometimes. Like, would I have the um, the ability that some of these cats do to see the whole picture? You know, to really make that judgment yeah. call. I think it's who, who knows. I haven't done much of. It. I've done a little bit of producing here and there, but not not yeah. a ton. It would certainly be fun to to try. Who um, sees the who who, and, who have you worked with that sees the whole picture like that that you like? Oh man, I mean, both Jaron, that you know, from Cadillac Three, that just produced my new stuff, and you know, I made a couple records with Dave Cobb before that, and and though the you know the first record I made with Dave Cobb was for my solo stuff, the first time I ever really even worked with a producer, producer, yeah, and that was like the joy of it is that he just and Jaron was very similar, like they just can kind of cut through the the excess in your songs yeah and really see like what the whole thing needs as opposed to like the little bits and pieces you bring into it that you're kind of stuck on or whatever so um yeah i think that's a it seems to be a big part of like what a producer does you know yeah yeah Uh, Um, i think it'd be fun to ask uh because dave cobb is a name that that probably a lot of our listeners uh, are familiar with i mean working with i mean obviously you guys and uh you know jason is Chris Stapleton, sure, lots of people. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. what do you like? What do you like about working with Dave or another producer? Um, he's he's just he's just a, he's a great hang in the studio, and it's just so um, it's just was so great to go sort of put my trust 
in him to steer the ship. Um, yeah. And I just soaked it all up, man. I just, I feel like I learned so much from being in the room with, with that dude and the musicians that he brings in, you know, to, to work on the records. So, uh, yeah, it was great. And like I said, that was the first time I'd ever done that, you know, and, and, and I've worked with a bunch of producers over the years in, in Foo Fighter stuff, but for my own thing, that was the first time I ever did that. And, and, uh, yeah, I just, I don't think I'll ever go back. I just loved it. And, and like I said, like working with Jaron was, was similar in that sense, you know, cause Jaron is, is a, is such a great songwriter and, um, and fantastic producer that, you know, you just, when you're working with somebody like that, whose opinion you trust, it's sort of easy to, to let go of the reins and, um, you know, more yeah. than you sort of instinctually want to, you yeah. know? Yeah. Pull back the curtain on Jaron a little bit. Pull back the curtain on Jaron. You've so said Jaren his name a few times. Singer. Yeah, he's the singer-guitar player in the band Cadillac 3. Um, he is a songwriter in Nashville. He's actually a Nashville native, um, but he's a songwriter out there and has written all kinds of you know, hit songs and stuff. It says, your Mac will soon will sleep soon unless plugged into a power outlet, and I don't have a goddamn power outlet with me. Can we email unfortunately. one? We should just do a fake in <laughs> or like, um, yeah. And, and Jaron is, uh, also a fantastic producer. So, and a friend and, um, and was, and it was really fun to, to work with him on all this stuff. He did a, did a fantastic job. Uh, give us, give us some other bands to, to listen to. I like to, I like to know, I want to know what you're listening to and why we should be listening to them as well. Uh, okay. Well, probably the record that's hit me the hardest in the last year or so is that um my friend aaron ratier put out a record called uh single wide dreamer is what it's called and i would recommend that to anybody that is so good such a great record can you Listen spell that, that last name aaron and then oh god how do you spell his <laughs> oh, last name it's we'll, so hard it's yeah, hard we'll enough just it to we can pronounce it, it much less um it's uh i want to say it's r-a- <laughs> I T I E R E or I might have thrown one too many Aaron Rattier. eyes in there. I'm Rattier. Sure. Yeah. Rattier. Okay. Yeah, it's Rattier. and it's I always screw it up by call, by pronouncing it Rattieri, but there's no E on the end. There's an E on the end, but you don't pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. Single wide dreamer. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go check that out. Single wide dreamer, man. Go check that out. And honestly, like I listen to I listen to like a lot of old stuff too, you know. Yeah. Take us to um, give us some old stuff. Give us some stuff to go back to. Okay. Well, that's great. If you've if you've never listened to uh, a Hanoi Rocks album called uh, Back to Mystery City, that was uh, a, a life changing record for me personally when I was a teenager. Um, what's some other old stuff that I like? I like you know the, when I first started really getting into, I kind of got into country music through like alt country, basically you know yeah. the '90s like you know Sunvolt and stuff like that. Oh yeah, come um, on, man. Yeah. There so we well, go. What, when I first started really, I mean, that first Sunbolt record, come on, you can't go wrong with that. Anybody should listen to that. Um, yeah. But when I first started diving into like classic country, my buddy told me to get the Buck Owens box set and the Merle Haggard box set. Yeah. And I, and those are, you can't go wrong with those two. That'll, that'll keep you busy for a very, very long time. And I think they're both on Spotify. So it's like the Merle Haggard capital year. And, um, and I don't know what Bucks is called, but yeah, just tons of music. That's like, that's the shit. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. You want like great guitar playing and concise, perfect 
songwriting. Yeah, listen to that stuff. It's yeah. it's it's an art. I uh, I was a barista at, at Starbucks, and they um, really they had some Starbucks compilation called Classic Country, and I was like, ah, what the heck? And mm. so I just I bought it at my Starbucks discount and popped it into my CD player on the way back from work, and I was just like, I'm hooked. I'm down. I mean, had yeah. some Buck Owens and some Real Haggard <laughs> on there, and oh yeah. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Wyland Jennings and Tammy. Mm. Um, no, it was really, it was really influential. And then, uh, what I also really want to know is what's your, uh, what's the best Christmas movie? Oh, uh, best Christmas movie, probably yeah. Elf. I'd probably go with Elf. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've it's watched Elf like a million times with with my kids over the years. It's so good. And now I think it's just down to me and my wife watch it because they, <laughs> you know, they've probably watched it too much. But yeah, we're still watching it. <laughs> it. There is such thing as too much elf. I will say that. No, like, <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> yeah. Every year, dude. Every year. Oh my gosh. At least Every if you just keep it down to once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Although we did just watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles the other day, and that was pretty damn good still too. That is that is a really good one. Good one. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> People are like, "What is he talking about?" Uh, okay. Well, hey, Chris. Thanks for being on the show today. Um, I really appreciate it. Yes, when, sir. When uh, when is the, when are either you or your rock and roll band hitting the road where we could see you? When is this happening? Well, Foos have a lot of touring uh, coming up this year, starting relatively soon. And I'm not, I don't have the dates right in front of me, so I'm not sure how close we're getting to where you guys are. But um, as far as my solo stuff. Uh, I'm I'm doing a run of dates at the end of March over in the UK, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, kind of doing like fly-in stuff to festivals and cool, things yeah. throughout the, the rest UK of the year. The UK is not next to us. We're not by the UK. <laughs> not, no, that's not too close. That's not <laughs> too close. That's super disappointing. Um, well, if you, I, I, you know what? I might be playing a show in Austin around something at some point. I hate to be so vague, but we don't have we don't, we don't have the, the dates now. We, you know what we all have though? There's two Bucky's on the way to Austin. We all so, have Google, yeah. so we can figure this Might out. Might make the trip to Austin. Hey, when you're in the UK, <laughs> if you, you go should... to dot com. Yeah, you, you know go. what we Let's should we should right there. We should tell Mick and Dan right now on the podcast that you need to go be on that pedal show. Uh, <laughs> yes, and you would you would thoroughly. It's a lovely time, and it, you drive right by Stonehenge on the way. It's really great. Oh, it's sick. literally right nice. off the highway. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> sign yeah. me up. Yeah. yeah, a guy I was traveling with one time. He didn't know what Stonehenge was. He called so, me to yeah. say he was like, "What is this?" So his first time to hear of Stonehenge was being there. And he Imagine co- that. He wow. called me and he was he like, "He hadn't yeah. even seen Spinal Tap." No. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> he called me and he was like, wow. "Colt is so excited about these rocks." He was like, "I don't understand it. They're just off the highway." It's. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. It's amazing. Wow. I'm not going to say his name. Yeah, there's this dumb place called Easter Island. I don't know, I don't know why everybody's all worked <laughs> up about it. Is, I guess it's like always yeah. Easter there. That's really cool. <laughs> Fully full of eggs. Um, hey, thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate yeah, you. Grateful for you. And uh, Awesome, man. Good, yeah. good to meet you guys face to face. Yeah, you too, dude. See ya. See ya.